welcome to the Goodish People podcast. I'm Jackie Pruitt. And I'm Hannah Jones. This is a podcast where we have conversations that are sometimes hard. Ow! Sometimes funny. Huh? Sometimes awkward. Oh, all the while. We're just trying to be good people. Although, let's be real, Hannah, we're always just good-ish. Emphasis on the ish. Facts. Join us as we laugh, cry, and start our way through our life's most pervasive and relatable conversations, which this week will be about self-esteem. Such a fun topic. Uh, We're out here just navigating adulthood to the best of our ability. Along the way, there are various coping mechanisms. Today was a healthier one, I might say. It's a nice cup of tea. Yes. So both of us had green tea. I had decaf green tea and Hannah had the caffeinated green tea. The same but different. Same but different. And the only reason I would have originally had caffeinated, still feeling a little bit of a buzz, but last night I could not sleep. Oh my gosh. Not at all worth it to mess with sleep. (sighs) Not even close. And two nights in a row to not get good sleep. That's, that's a no for me. I think I got four hours of sleep last night. Oh gosh. That's depressing. It was atrocious, but it was one of those things where I could not shut my mind off. Oh yeah. I'm the worst. When that happens to me, I, I slip a sleeping pill, one of those uh, diphenhydramine pills when I'm like, can feel that coming on. Ooh. I'm not promoting it, but that is what I do because I'm a monster when I don't sleep. I'm a monster too. And I'm honestly very interested in that product. <laughs> I'll hit you up with the facts later. It's basically the the chemical compound that's in like um, – like Advil PM or oh, okay. uh, or what am I thinking? Like any of those cold PM products. So DayQuil, mm. Ni- but the NyQuil version, okay. it's NyQuil because it has diphenhydramine in it, I believe. And uh, I'll have to fact check myself on that one, but I think that's right. So it's just that product or that compound and not the rest of the medication. Okay. That makes sense. I, uh, I've been relying, well, actually I'm out now, but melatonin is one for me. Yep. Oh yeah. Gives me really weird dreams though. Wow. Yeah. So does this. Uh, <laughs> so does this sleeping pill for me. I have the weirdest dreams, but I sleep, so that's all I care about. And I, I've used melatonin before. Much love. Oh, much. There love. was another natural, naturally occurring hmm. medicine like melatonin that my therapist had me on a couple years ago, and I can't remember what it is. But I don't remember it particularly working for me. So maybe it's good. I can't remember, so I'm not dissing it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that didn't work out too well, and it was. Oh my gosh, I don't want the lobby of whatever that is coming after me. Yeah, I I do not blame you. Do you remember what, do you know what it is? Oh, no, no, I don't. Oh, I thought you just said, I know what it is. But anyway, yeah, we'll we'll just move on from that because we don't need them to slide into my DMs and come Mm -hmm. after me. We don't need that. Uh Uh-uh, nobody needs to sue anybody. No, I I really can't handle any litigation right now. I might crumble. Unless your name is Sue and that's a catchphrase that you have. That you're gonna sue someone. <laughs> Meaning, and if your name is Sue and that's your catchphrase, please workshop it because that is just oh man, too uh, on the nose, my dude. I, think I might have just assumed a lot about uh, Sue's. I, I, I assumed. I assumed. Uh, that was pretty funny. I've been on a roll with the puns this week. That was good. That was really good. I dropped a pretty dirty pun. The first one was like fine, but the second one was excellent, like master Thank level. Thank you. Uh, I do when I find an opportunity for a pun. I will indeed find it punny to punt drop- it into conversation. <gasps> yes, I will punt it into conversation. I was looking for something like that. So thanks for picking me up. I got you. Up. I got you. Appreciate you, dog. Appreciate I don't you. get them very often, so I'd have to throw that one in there. 
Oh, it was really excellent. I'm very impressed. And speaking of punning, we've got Alex from the, I'm just kidding, from the college football corner. College football is dead. Alex, yeah. just kidding. You guys are stuck with us. And guess what? Such a fun topic. We're talking about self-esteem. I know you can't hardly wait for us to get into it. And I get it. I get it. But you know that we always have to start with our good and our ish of the week. And I just, you know, it's just the rules. I didn't write them. It is the rules. It is the rules. They were passed down to us in a scroll. They were. So uh, shall I start with the ish? You should. Yes, you must. I'm going to keep it super high level. Sue. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) See you again. Whoopsie daisies. So I'm just going to be really cryptic out of respect for, (laughs) I don't know. The world. Just the world. Um, I've been dealing with some grade A assholes recently, and I'm just going to call it out. And I'm not going to say where I've been dealing with them, but they've brought themselves into my life somehow. And it's been really, really challenging. And that's where a lot of where my anxiety has come from. You don't even have to be specific about where you're dealing with them. And a, a visual <laughs> of an asshole is never pleasant, no matter what realm of your life it comes from. Never fun. And that sucks. And I can confirm she's told me the stories because I get the deets that you guys aren't allowed to get. And it completely confirmed. Uh, bummer town, really. It, yeah, just unfortunate. And it's one of those situations where, you know, it's like I know that I'm being my best self and that I'm putting the most positive and as I can and the most, the best, the goodish, you know, as good as I can be out into the world. And it's just to like have that kind of slouch back in your face. I'm just, it's, it's pushed me to a point where, um, let's just say I, I've been pushed into a corner and so really struggling with that. And I'm just going to be cryptic about it because I don't, I should have, don't feel comfortable talking about it on this podcast yet. Yeah, you shouldn't. I don't think you should. No, I, I, yeah, I 100% won't. It would be inappropriate of me. But that being said, one day I will, I will discuss it probably. And I'll probably still be cryptic about it and won't use any names, yeah, but. Absolutely. <sighs> but you're going to have to, at some point, you said you're in a corner and at some point you're either going to have to push the wall down or just walk yeah walk out I I would have to agree with you like there's really no other way about it like there's no window to go through you're just gonna have to make it happen and I know you will thanks Paul the interim is really terrible thank you yes I feel like it's just one of those things where bummer you know and it's it's uh it's one of those things man cryptic city would you say that he's totally ish and no good don't you mean she just kidding or them (laughs) Or them, or or that dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things where um, that darn cat. Yeah, that darn cat. Exactly. You know. So uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't even remember your question. <laughs> what did you say? Look, we all know generic. I'm all nervous. And no, I can't say what I was about to say. Um, I just made a joke, and we're going to just let it let it go because it's not important. We're going to let it slide. That person is entirely ish and no good. Oh, that was funny. Currently, people can change. I'm they not, can we, change. We are not here to ever assign somebody an ultimatum for the rest of their life. That is not our job. It's not. People typically change or they don't. And that is for them to figure out. Good luck to you, and madame or sir. Or and pet. I sure hope that you don't stick around long enough to see this person change. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, good luck to you and your program. <laughs> Classic Connor quote. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. I can move on so that we can talk about something else. I don't even that know what I'm great. about to say. So I got to get, I got to think. Well, I can do my good if you need time to think. No, I can do it. I can do right. it. Um, okay, I'll be cryptic too, and you guys are just going to have to deal with the crypticness of this and try to decode it. You can even DM us if you think you know what it's about. Just kidding. Sure. Please don't do it. Or maybe, I don't know. Do do what you please. I'm not here to tell you what to do. So <laughs> my ish of the week is really just in kind of in theme with a lot of the issues I've had in previous weeks, but I'm really at a point, I'm kind of at a very pivotal point in my adulthood, and Connor and I are having to figure out what the best next steps are and when to take some leaps in our lives. And yeah, it's just really hard. And it's just very overwhelming for me because I'm really, really afraid of change and have a hard time. And we'll get into this in self-esteem, but I have a hard time envisioning things going well in my life just ever. Like I just I just always see the worst. And so uh, it's really scary looking into Mm -hmm. the future and and thinking about a lot of stuff. So having to practice a lot of breathing, deep breathing, (sighs) a lot of I have no control over my life anyways and Mm -hmm. reminding myself that. But then remembering that not that I have control about what happens, but I do have control of what what is in front of me today, right now, uh, what I can do that is like, I can make plans, Mm -hmm. Connor and I can get together and and talk about things. And so that's what we're trying to do and focus on that. So I don't catastrophize everything. So that's really my ish is that I'm very prone to catastrophizing things. So I've been very anxious. Mm, That's all it is heavy. Like it is adulthood is hard. And I feel really hard. There's Mm -hmm. probably hundred different pivotal points like Mm -hmm. I'm feeling right now uh, in adulthood altogether. I can't imagine the more complicated life gets down the road, like how bigger, how much bigger those pivotal points feel, but it's just complicated. And, and, you know, I've, I've been through points like this before. Um, When I was dating Connor, we shared some pivotal moments as well, but I've never done it really to a massive extent while we've been married. So it's, it's a new exercise and having to talk to my friends and get ideas on how do you guys make these big decisions together? And it's just been a good, good growing, a good thing for growth. Um, and also just uh, in a way affirming that Connor is very much good for me because he is so stable and not an anxious person by nature. Not that he doesn't ever get anxious, but he is a lot it's a lot easier for him to see through the fog than it is for me. So that's been nice, but it doesn't mean it's not hard yeah. or frustrating sometimes. Or that because he can see through it, I get frustrated because I feel like he can't understand that I can't see through it. You know, it's just <sighs> classic like communication in like partnership. Potatoes were, potatoes we're all potatoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all potatoes just trying to figure it out. But y'all are such a great team and I know you're 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 killing it by working together. We'll get there. And not in my mind. Yeah. And and honestly, like one of the things that I am trying to remind myself and and Connor is good to remind me of this as well, but just, it's not, I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal. Like my life is one of billions on the planet and everybody has these massive pivotal moments and decisions Mm -hmm. every day and either things work out or they don't, but like my life matters. It's my life. I live in my head, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, thinking about it on such a massive scale, uh, that causes me anxiety and fear is just not worth it. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to take a step back, but it's hard to take a step back unless 
at least for me, having Ned be like, hey, grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal. Because I can be really in my head about things that, too. Uh, when that first comment is made to me by Connor, I get angry. I'm like, no, oh. it is a big deal. Everything is a big deal and everything is burning. <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, whoa. <laughs> I know. A lot of the times when Ned's trying to console me, I'm I'm at the point where I'm just like so angry and fired up that I know you're trying to help. And I'm like, thank you so much for helping. But then I get very, very like, I need a second. Like I got to walk. I either have to walk away or I have to say, hey, do you, can you give me a few minutes? Because I'm, excuse me, I'm pretty heated, you know? So yes, I literally had to tell Connor the other day. I said, I need you to leave the room. Like, please leave the room. And then after he did, I wrote <laughs> get down out my of thoughts. Here. Yeah, literally, please leave. <laughs> well, and, and it wasn't even like we were actually fighting. Um, not to say we don't fight, but like we weren't actually fighting. It was just a, a hard conversation. And I was in my feels and felt like he wasn't understanding me. And that was feeling really frustrating. So then mm-hmm. the conversation became about convincing him to understand me instead of the goal of the conversation in the first place. So it's like, I'm getting really upset. Like you're saying, I was getting really heated and frustrated. And I'm like, I need you to leave because the same reason you said, Jackie. And then when he left, I took like 15 minutes and calmed myself down first. I pulled out my phone and I wrote down the steps of what I need to like, of, I wrote down the words I needed to read to him that were more logical that I could edit. I'm better at writing than I am at talking, which is ironic because I'm on a podcast, but good writer. And and I I wrote it all down. I don't know if this is a good relationship tip, but I wrote it all down. It was like three different points and they were all kind of like this, then this, then this, then that. Like this will get us to our goal of where the conversation was originally heading. And this is my feelings about it in a way that is logical and you can understand without begging you to get in my head in a way that you'll never be able to. And then we talked it out. And then I felt so much lighter after that. And I was like, wow, great strategy. Cause usually he won't actually leave the, like he, he makes me, or he thinks I'm being dramatic, which I am. And he's like, I don't want to leave the room until we have like resolved conversation. But I learned sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, exactly. Just like take a breath, just take a beat. For me, it's necessary for me, Mm -hmm. not for him to like, to let my brain Mm -hmm. calm. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes that has the opposite effect for me where if I'm by myself, I'm just like getting angrier and angrier and like, I, you know, so it, it yeah, just well, depends. You, and it totally depends. And I think that it definitely depends for me too. Cause there's been those times in my life where I was like, oh, leave, like, what is it? Come on, come on. And then, and then, and then you just like want them to, to like, be like, no, I'm not leaving. I'll never leave you. <laughs> it's like those like I've definitely done this with Connor where I'd like break up with him or like hint towards a breakup just so that like you know when I was more immature and younger uh you know like Thursday so oh man but I would just be like hint towards a breakup or something because I was in my feels and then hope that he would be like no we can't break up but that's just not how it like it's just not how marriage works a bad strategy let me tell you yeah yeah. scorched earth don't do it (laughs) yeah abort 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 I learned my lesson it's just like hard though like having it's just having difficult conversations that are very heavy and that impact both of your lives and you each feel differently about them, but you see each other's point of view, but then it's like, sometimes you don't and you're yeah. like, where are you coming from? And those conversations, like 
oh, I can't remember when it was, but like a few weeks ago, Ned and I had a conversation where we talked for like two or three hours about, yeah. I, to be honest, I couldn't even tell you, which is amazing because <laughs> that's oftentimes how like our deep discussions go. It's like, okay, we learned how to communicate more clearly with one another. And like that was not necessarily the goal, but it, it, that's how it worked out. So now we communicate better. It's like sometimes we'll over talk things. I think because we're both yeah. like just going like in circles. Do you guys ever talk in circles? That's what we were doing the other night. Like for hours, we're just talking so much, talking so much. And then at the end of the day, we were like, wait, what do we both want out of this conversation? And it was like the same thing to like have clear communication, to hear one another. And we're like, we're doing that. So that's how we were able to like, yeah, you are. Stop the circle. It's like we're on the racetrack. The car is going, going zoop, 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 over and over and over again in a circle. And you have to be like, screech the tires and be like, time to fill up the tank. But we're not going around the circle again. We're going into a square. We're going into the garage and then we're going to bed. Yeah, we're parking the car. We've put, this, we've put this conversation to bed with a solution. Facts. Yeah, that's so. That's such wise advice. And I really value that you guys have a, a good amount of years on us because this is the kind of stuff that it's not – I mean, you have a lot of very intentional and difficult conversations in dating that I don't mm-hmm. want to undervalue. Those conversations are in many ways just as hard. It's just different when you're married because you're thinking for both of you and there's no – um, I might do this and leave you or whatever. It's like, that's not an option because we love each other and we want to do life together and we're committed to doing life together. Mm-hmm. But if I make it about you understanding me more than about solving what I want you to understand, Oof. then we'll just keep going in circles because we do that all the, I mean, Connor and I do that all the time. But all that to say, I really value your wisdom and you and Ned's model because not that you do it perfectly. I mean, there's always no. ish. There's always ish. But you guys do a really good job and it's just always good to have friends that have gone through similar stuff and can speak wisdom. So appreciate oh, that. Dude, thanks. Oh my gosh. And it's so nice to like also have um such close, you know, married couple friends who I feel like do life very similarly. And so it's really cool to hear about like things that y'all are going through or stuff that you're working on or working out or you know however you want to frame it and we get to like share in like that and like if that comes up for us like I know how you guys tackled it so it's just a really cool sharing of information that's really just tied back to wisdom altogether so yeah that's a great point I mean it's I I don't take for granted the fact that not everyone has good married friends and it's not easy to come by and Mm -hmm. we're we're freaking blessed uh, yeah, dude. It's, I mean, it's always helpful to walk through life with people who are in a similar season as you. And for a while mm-hmm. there, I was kind of floating in the ether by myself and most of my friends were either dating or married. And that was fine. I adjusted, but it is so much better to have people who are in a similar season doing it, like having similar values about how they want that season to go. So it's great. It is great. It's, it's great. the best. Guess, I'm going to go ahead and say that's my good. I, I, um, didn't have any, a super eventful week. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be my good. Uh, it's just yeah. friendship. Oh, I love that. I want that to be my good too. Because right now my my good was going to be, whew, I mean, it, what did I do this weekend? Oh, oh, I will say my good. Okay. So I, I was like, what did I do this weekend? I actually was very, very restful. Um, I, on Saturday, Ned and I, uh, we did a ton of house projects and then Sunday was really restful and nice. I know, dude. It was like all together. It was just like it was like a really solid weekend, you know. So that was really nice. Um, but that being said, 
my good was going to be looking forward to all of us going to a concert together this Saturday night. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great. What about? Want to see the Dirty Governors. 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 Yeah, it'll be super Gavnas. fun. It'll, yeah, be it'll be great. So I guess we can just go ahead and dive into the Dreams at Hallback. Yeah, let's do it. Self-esteem. Toot toot. When I think of esteem, I think of... Toot your esteem engine. Yeah, like a steam engine. Like, chugga 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 choo choo. Would you say Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah, what was that story? Not Thomas. What was the one where it was like part of the book? The little engine that could. That was yep, it. That's it. That's the one. I almost said the lonely engine that could. Maybe he was also lonely. Who, who's to say? I don't know. He had a bunch of friends on his like back caboose things or his little cars that were connected to the back of his his yeah train. But just because you have yeah. friends that people notice doesn't mean that you feel uh it doesn't mean that you feel satisfied in that department you could still be lonely that is very true (sighs) what you see on instagram is not everything you guys i don't know if you've heard that before yeah oh my god this is like such a revelation like i just realized that i can do that voice way too well actually now that i'm realizing that like sounded really crazy in my headphones. I was like, "Whoa, who am I talking to?" Whoa! I will say the comment, I, the joke I just made. I do think we've moved past that phase where people even appear to be posting things that are realistic or not just highlights. Like we all know they're highlights, and I think that TikTok's really helped with this because they have all those filters that make people look extremely different. So we mm-hmm. all know that the level of editing possible is out there. So it's just like you, you kind of like keep your head on a swivel with every post you see, you know? Oh, for sure. It's all it's all Very curated. Different. But there was a time there, like maybe in college when Instagram really felt like you had to you had to have some good posts to have a life. Oh wow. Poof. Yeah. Well yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's for interesting. To be to feel like you were, you know, relevant or keep up with an hour being your social circle and like especially being in a sorority it was like oh my gosh yeah so congratulations to the universe for us moving past that that season of social media congrats yeah now we're doing weird dances and making funny jokes on tiktok (laughs) y'all i have the best hannah can attest and we'll get back to self-esteem just one second I, i have the best instagram rules feed Oh, like far and away the best. Last weekend when we were at the lake or two weekends ago when we were at the lake, we all talked about making a Jackie meme dump group, which we still need to do. But, you know, we need I to do I might just it. make it not ask any questions or ask if anybody's okay with it and just start sending. People can always leave the group if they want to, but your your curated feed of reels is unmatched. Thank you. A it lot. really is. Like the funniest videos you'll see and only funny videos. You don't get any of the stupid stuff mm-hmm. that I get because I use Instagram like a search engine to find like what hairstyle I want when I go to the hair salon. And that's about it. So it's all hair. <laughs> I think it was just like, oh, Jackie really likes watching like other people fall or like people spill things on themselves. And then all of a sudden before you've known it. And that's unfortunately like one major part of my sense of humor is I do find a kick out of hope. I mean, you know, I don't want anyone to hurt themselves. You but know. if you do, please catch it on video and then send it to Jackie. <laughs> like if she had a video of when I did my flip and mm-hmm. got a concussion, she would probably watch it every day. And I would let you it's because it's possible. Would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. And it would be hilarious. We do have a photo of one of our friends, Mike, who got on our friend Josh's <laughs> shoulders at a wine night. He should not have lifted him. <laughs> he lifted him and Mike fell forward. And everybody in this video is like, yay, because he's putting him on my shoulders. And then they're like, 
and like everybody's screaming and it's the funniest video and i'm really really and tempted like, wine drunk too so we're all like what's happening this is I'm so, so scary is mike dead i am so tempted to put put it on instagram i might we have can to ask, ask for his approval we can maybe put it on stories instead of the post so it's not there forever but we can ask I feel like we would get both of their approvals on this. I would think so too. And it's a hilarious video. I just, I can't understate how much Jackie's feed is like America's Funniest Home Videos, but the 2023 version. And it's excellent. There's a reason that show was so popular. There was a reason. Because it's funny. It is really funny. It's funny. (laughs) And um, like ridiculousness. You know ridiculousness? Yes. But they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then it's like with Rob Deerdick. That's TV. a really good uh remake of of the sounds. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, that's like and at the end they're like, we will not open review videos that are sent to us. So same with us, wink wink, nudge nudge. If you have any crazy videos, we will not open review them. Yeah, never. I mean, yeah. I would never feel compelled to open a video that's titled funny falling video. Yeah. So please don't send us anything. Yeah. If you have something like the Grape Lady video, definitely don't send it. The oh. lady at Chateau Alain that was stomping on grapes and then fell. Oh my gosh. Yeah, one of the, the newscast. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that was at Chateau Alain. It was. Very I think. Cool. I think it was at Chateau Alain. But yeah, isn't that funny? That is funny. Wow. Interesting. Um, so back to self-esteem. Yeah. We got a little derailed. Speaking of being derailed, we were talking about the little engine that could. Let's put him back on the on the tracks. I can't even. I, oh my god! I, I thought I was going to get back to what I was talking about, and I just can't. <laughs> okay, I, can't. I can start with a question for you. Okay. I don't really. I don't have notes today because I didn't want to be a notes girl today about this mm-hmm. topic. So mm-hmm. my first question is just um, like what when you think about self esteem, what is it like first thing pop into your head, and like what's your relationship with the word or with the phrase okay so when I think self-esteem and when I initially started thinking about it when you had asked me for us to talk about this topic um the first word that came to my mind obviously was just like confidence so confidence in myself and when I think about confidence I think about two things um and we've we've touched on one of them pretty in depth so like uh how I think uh, about the way I look so that's one thing the second thing is my belief in myself that I am able to do something. So the confidence in my abilities. When I think of self-esteem, I think of those two things. Does that resonate with you? Oh, totally. That's that's almost verbatim how I think about it. Uh, and like those categories, obviously, we could make like massive charts on how self-esteem is related to both of those topics, and we'll we'll dig into it today. But definitely, the way that I look or feel about my my image so a little mm-hmm. bit more image related and then my belief in my abilities for sure so just the more like holistic who am I aside from what I appear to be yeah mm. wow I I I, I agree <laughs> that yeah that's where I'm at too um and it's a complicated thing I think if we were to sit down and you know connect all the dots which we're gonna do today I'm I'm sure knowing me and you connect four <laughs> yeah connect four and a web I just think of like a web like Oh, uh, this connects to, I'm not surprised by that I, I do too it's like this feeling connects to this feeling and understanding this um but I think you know and I when I was thinking about questions maybe to ask you and what you know things that we would talk about of course obviously like an awareness of self-esteem and it when it was really like used and in your life and you were like oh like what does self-esteem mean like what 
you know, when did that click for you as a, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult? Excellent question. I think for me, I would say probably when I was a preteen, so around like early middle school, I was in a small group. I had this small group leader who was really wise and would, she was always like, you're well beyond your years and you know, whatever. And so would talk to me like I was older than I was and got into topics like this and realized, I mean, my history with self-esteem is that I really, really struggle to have any esteem in myself and have for a long time. But at that time, I mean, it was like, it was bad and mostly started to shift and get worse when puberty hit, of course, in the looks department as well. Um, but was starting to develop more into everything because I was just becoming more aware of myself as like an Mm -hmm. individual, I guess, the older you get. So it was probably around sixth grade when I was in that small group with that amazing leader who was able to kind of put it in perspective for me and Mm -hmm. give it the terminology to be like, oh, that's what I've been feeling for the past couple months or whatever. What about you? Um, hmm. that's a good question. I don't really think about it for myself. It's it's interesting. I can look back in time and really pinpoint when I was struggling with self esteem pretty easy. So it was like, oh, elementary school, like I didn't have self esteem myself. But to become aware of it, oh, that's kind of a toughie. I well, guess. Let me ask you this before you say, can I can I jump in? Of course, please. Great. Please. I'm curious about, about what you just said. In elementary school, what were you thinking about how you felt at the time? If you didn't have the language for it, like how could you describe how you felt without the language, if that makes sense? Mm, that's a really great question. Let me think. How would I have articulated that? Oof, I'm like going back in time. I think I thought of it like, I think it was really easy to like call out what made me feel like that so it's very easy to say I was bullied there is a bully bully does this I feel this way bully tells me I am this so therefore I must be because this person is saying it they're calling it out when in reality that's not the case but at the time I was like action reaction like that's all I could process That makes total sense. And I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure there's a psychological concept of children where we're kind of just a reflection of what other people say about us for a while until we learn sort of concept of self. And that Mm. comes slowly because if you think about it, like we're really a reflection of what our parents are telling us to do or what they say about us. And that's why we seek approval and all of that stuff. And again, don't quote me, but it makes sense. Like we have Mm -hmm. to learn the concept that we are an individual in a world of other individuals. So we work in tandem with people and we are affected by them, but we are an individual. So that's like a perfect description of what you just said. Like you are almost defined by what somebody else says about you and it makes you feel something. Yeah. I totally felt the same way. Yeah. And and, and it's interesting because it's not like it became my identity. Like I wasn't like... I am this way. This person says I'm this way. Therefore, I'm always this way or I will now constantly feel this way about myself. I think, you know, at the time, like I remember I would be coming to my mom a lot about the way that other people were making me feel when I was bullied. And so, which we should do an episode on bullies. Let's write that down. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. Um, Because I was I was bullied pretty, pretty intensely in elementary and middle school. And so, you know, that was what's up. Oh, I, oh, I didn't was, say anything. Oh, I thought you said something. It was a whisper in the wind. Um, and so <laughs> I'm so lame. Um, 
but I didn't necessarily like I would I would come home and I would talk to my mom about it and then she would say hey like that's not true at all yeah you know I couldn't process information at the time but it was like hey you know that kid's probably feeling that way too and mm. your kids are figuring it out and you know whatever they'd probably say but I couldn't really put a name to it until we're, I was like going through like health class in middle school yeah. and they were like mental health and you know it's it wasn't as talked about as greatly um that makes sense and then your mom's kind of like balancing out your view it's almost like kids just take things as information not necessarily emotional information but just mm -hmm. this is a bit of information about myself and you're just constantly logging every yeah. interaction and it's not that it becomes like you said your identity but it does like leave an imprint per se but it doesn't have to be an emotional imprint no no not necessarily at all um but I think that over time those like patterns and how I was interacting with people really defined what I observed and perceived as self-esteem and how I related to it. Cool. So that, that's my experience with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so when you think of self-esteem today, like where's your head out there? Where's your head out at there? Out there? At, where's your head at there? there. Uh, <laughs> good question, Jackie, because the reason we're talking about this today is because I texted her and said, can we please talk about this? Because my self-esteem is not good right now. Or the day that I texted her, it was like really struggling. And um, as I said, I have been struggling with self-esteem and, and having confidence. I and mean, we can use that almost as a synonym with self-esteem. Mm -hmm. So like lack thereof of confidence is, is poor self-esteem and having confidence is, is good self-esteem, healthy self-esteem if the confidence isn't cockiness, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I have really struggled with that for a long time in my life. And I have learned a lot of ways to try to right the ship when I feel myself sinking into... Mm -hmm. um, I just, it's a lot of it's negative self-talk. I think that's probably the easiest way to mm -hmm. convey what's going on in my head when I start to struggle with poor self-esteem. It starts with something happening in my life and, you know, it could be like not getting an interview for something or um, not getting a win at work or, or whatever it may be, or, or having a friend be disappointed in you or a mm -hmm. family member, whatever it may be, starts there. And then you spiral into these talk tracks that these negative tracks that almost it's like putting in a CD and letting it play of the things <laughs> that you've trained yourself to think negatively about over the years. Uh, so that's what happens when I let my poor self-esteem run amok. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not careful, it can get like really, really dark. But I have learned over the years, as you do when you get older, that you have to like learn to, to nip it in the bud and try to step in and tell yourself that, you know, it's not, it, you know, even if some of that stuff is true that you start out saying, it's not all that bad. It's not mm -mm. that serious. I need to hear that a lot. I know I mentioned that earlier. It's really not that serious. And then just try to cut off the tracks and, and speak a little bit more truth to myself and just more reality, honestly, because to me, when I'm struggling with poor self-esteem, it really is not at all grounded in reality. Um, not that reality means I'm hundred percent great, but reality is always a little bit, a bit more even Stevens than what poor, poor self-esteem is in my head. So 
That's kind of, but, but the reason this week was hard, I just, I had one of my like consistent triggers happen and I just started to feel, you know, we've been talking about how I'm thinking long-term about what do I want to do for my career Mm -hmm. eventually on the road. And I get very scared with those same, you know, thought processes that I've talked about on other episodes where I'm like, I can't be successful. And then where I, I'm going to fail at that or whatever. And I think all these negative things and get very afraid. And then the negative talk continues. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are all the 11 reasons, the, uh, all the hundreds of reasons why you'll fail. So not just the general one. It's like, here's all the, yeah. the other ones. And then it just sinks into oblivion and it gets really dark. But thankfully I was able to, to come out of it a good bit. But after all that rambling I just did for you guys, really, it's just for me, it, mm-hmm. it's always been hard to have confidence. What about you? How are you doing Wait, with it today? Get, well, before we get on to me, and I know I usually say this, I'm like, there's a lot to unpack here. Unpack it. Yes. Um, I, I, have, I have like some questions. So that is a lot. And I definitely relate to the like talk track, the playing of the CD, right? And I, I appreciated what you said when you said, it's like reality is always more like even Stevens and what's going on upstairs in your head. Um, most often more than not. So for you, I know that you said, Hey, it's like when I think about the weight of life or I think about decisions and how those decisions are going to play out, are there any like external factors that play like that will trigger that? And I, I don't even necessarily mean like, this like situation that like I've just thought of but like physical things around you that you are seeing where you're like oh shit like now like that reminds me of this or like I don't know yeah for sure I mean uh, there are definitely a lot so the first one that came to mind was rejection so any sort of rejection is a immediate spiral for me so that can be professional personal you know whatever uh, that is number one and then I think also it can be really challenging to see and this I hate this about myself but sometimes when I see other people succeed it's mm-hmm. like I can't do that and so it can spiral for me there too and I'm like I want to be happy for people but then also, it, it, it can sometimes send me to a spiral in that situation. And then, I mean, rejection, we talked about this on the other episode that we recorded about, about, um, rejection, but disappointment is another big one. So if I'm disappointing somebody or not meeting the standard of excellence or expectation or exceeding expectation, mm-hmm. that usually sends me on a spiral as well. And then as that's all in the like uh, personal concept side of mm-hmm. the idea of self-esteem and on the other side of like my, my physical appearance. Um, I mean, that's, there's a laundry list of, of self-esteem mm-hmm. things there. I've become much, much healthier in that regard over the years, but I mean, it can be as much as looking in a mirror or putting on a piece of clothing that doesn't fit me the way it used to, or mm-hmm. seeing somebody else who looks the way that I, you know, in my mind think I would be happy to look like, and that's enough to, to set me on some of those, those talk tracks that I have. Yeah. In that moment in time, when you're going through you know, one of those two routes or three. So I know that you mentioned, you know, rejection and disappointment were two, you know, big ones. So when that's happening, like, and I, what, what have you tried or haven't tried or what you feel comfortable sharing where you're like, this has helped me to stop that, to like, just nip it in the bud real quick. Be like, like how do I get my brain off of this right now? Like, and on to something else. Me. 
help, help. It's the last thing I do. Change the album. Uh, great question. I think over the course of my relationship with self-esteem, I would say in high school, I was very, like I really struggled with getting out of the pit once I was in it. Like mm-hmm. It was almost impossible for me and I was in the pit a lot. And I didn't have great coping mechanisms. I hadn't been to therapy yet. So I would say what I did then and what I was coached to do by small group leaders or my parents would be, you know, to try to, to write down what I'm thinking about and then think about what's true, but it was never really structured. And I never really had practical advice until I was in college and went to a therapist and had cognitive behavioral therapy. And that was the first time that I really got guidance on how to write out the lies and the spirals in my head and put it in stages. So, Mm -hmm. and those of you out there who have done CBT know that you can, or that you are typically presented with a workbook and you'll have, you'll write down the first thought that you have. So Mm -hmm. first thing that pings at that self-esteem and then the end thought, the catastrophization of that thought. So where you feel like your mind is hearing the very first thought, and then immediately jumping to the last one. There's usually a lot in between to unpack, which we love unpacking here. Um, Mm -hmm. So in CBT, they teach you to write out those steps in between. Like how do you get from that first thought to that last thought? And it basically trains you that you don't, like you just don't. It's not that it's not that much of a catastrophe. You're going to be okay and helps you ground that anxiety a little bit. Mm-hmm. And for me, the reason CBT is related to the to self-esteem and not just anxiety for me is that my anxiety is often connected to my self-concept and my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So I would come up with these ideas, these outlandish catastrophizations that then defined my image Mm-hmm. and my worth in the world. So CBT was really helpful and moving past that. And then since then, I would say I have been practicing that mentally for a long time. I used to do it with pen and paper, but I've become much better since that was like over 10 or that was like 10 years ago that I started that where I can catch a thought in my head. And even if it gets me down for a couple of days, I typically am able to just kind of eventually not believe it or let it slough off and focus on other things. So even if I don't change my mind on that thought of like, I'm going to fail, I may not change my mind, but I can at least redirect my attention. I used to not Mm -hmm. be able to do that. So honestly, CBT therapy and just practice repetition. Repetition. Dang. That's really cool. Um, I've never done CBT before. I've done CBD. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I'm sure probably goes p- pretty well in hand with CBT if I had it wagering yes. <laughs> um, but I've never gone through anything like that, but that seems like that would maybe be pretty productive for me um, in like a workshop setting because it is hard once the train starts rolling to stop the train when it's going down the tracks really, really fast. But that's cool to have tools. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, obviously it doesn't solve everything. Like I said, I don't necessarily change my mind often. I just am able to redirect it and and not think about things as much, which may not be healthy, but it's at least not as miserable as staying in the pit. So I'm grateful that I don't stay in the pit as long as I used to. And honestly, the 10 years of practicing this, or at least, you know, trying my hand at it has taught me that it's really not that serious. Like it's not that serious because of the talk I get or the the line of thought I gave earlier about I'm just one person like it's really okay it's really okay yeah and it it is and I think one thing that um I've thought about too is like 
okay, this pops into my mind because I had some kind of trigger, whether it be an interaction that I have with a person, I'm reading something that reminds me of a hard situation that happened in my life. It's like, okay, that thought, like I'm watching it come by, like it's in my head and I'm watching it leave. Like it's just like passing. It's in passing. That's amazing. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to do. There though I've noticed that on days in which I'm more physically tired, I'm mentally exhausted, and I haven't taken the time really to like rejuvenate and relax, that's when I'm much more susceptible to the anxiety, to the worry, to the fear or whatever. And 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 that immediately will will impact the way that I view myself. Meaning, yes, I have the energy to do this today and I've I have the ability to tackle this situation. Um, or I don't like this way about myself image wise, what can I do in this moment to change that? It's like, well, I can't really change anything about what I'm doing right now. I can choose not to look in the mirror. This is what I chose to wear to work. You know, I have bags under my eyes. I've had a tired night. Um, but you know, it's like, there's so many factors I think that are constantly at play. And as I'm moving through the world, that are going to immediately impact the way in which in a situation, in a moment in time that I'm going to view myself and what I'm, what I'm going to do to believe in myself. And I think that in certain seasons, it's been very beneficial for me. I know I've mentioned this before and Hannah's mentioned it too, but to have people in my life who remind me of what I'm capable of, because I think I had seasons where I did not have someone in my life who'd remind me what I'm capable of, or I just like, or I wouldn't feel that way when I was around, you know, people or communities, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, surrounding yourself with people that know that you're capable, whether or not you feel that way, is always helpful. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. Uh, I had a thought while you were talking that is a little bit of a different direction, but I think it could be helpful to people and certainly helpful to us. Are there ideas about yourself, Jackie, as a person that you've had for a while that like you define yourself as that can sometimes be like sensitive spot or there are some sensitive spots associated that when things happen today in life triggers a little bit of the things you have to push out of your brain? 100%. And I would think that that's my ability to do my job really well. So I'm in marketing and I'm constantly having to work on different strategies, switch client gears, like so on and so forth. Like I'm always having to be thinking like before the client is thinking, like predicting a problem that's going to happen, identifying like a a possible solution. Like it's, it's just ever changing and it's constant. It's really exciting. But I think for a long time, and this kind of goes back to, I'm trying to remember what episode we did it was like fear, it was fail, failure. So like feel, fear of failure. And this kind of goes hand in hand with that a bit. But I think that at this point in time, it's like, I know if I am to sit, sit down, someone's to ask me a hundred questions about what I do. I can confidently answer in what I'm doing for my clients in what I'm doing at my job where I'm like, I am capable. Now, there are situations in which I'm made to feel that I am not capable. That is hard. And it could just be the tiniest little trigger. And it could be an email that I receive or like it could be anything. It could be a comment. And so I have to, in that moment, I'm very quick 
my mind is very quick to jump and say, oh yeah, Jackie, like what were you even thinking? Like you weren't capable. And now as an adult, I'm having to stand up for myself more, stop that thought as it's happening and go, wait, you know what the hell you're doing and you do a damn good job at it. So say something. And for the longest time, I wouldn't say anything. And I'm at this point in my life where I know that I do a good job. I am passionate for what I do and I'm killing it. And I think that, you know, and that's like a good thing. But again, it's like I had been in jobs previously where, you know, that where I wasn't appreciated and I wasn't, you know, uh, I didn't have people, you know, making me feel like I was capable. And so it's very quick for me to fall into into that pattern. But I, I do feel like I'm in a point now in my life where in terms of self-esteem, I know that I am capable. It's just reminding myself that I am capable. Yeah, that that makes sense. And I feel like what that says to me is that you've done a really good job overcoming a lot of those self-esteem problems that you've had before because you are able to call out the opposite of the track that used to be in your head. So that's really amazing. Do you feel like you're in a pretty good place with, or are you proud of where you are with your self-esteem at the moment? So I would say that it is Overall, yes, like because I'm becoming more gentle with myself. I think that a year ago today, probably probably not. Um I I'm getting better, I think, with all of it. Now it is a daily struggle. So like totally. You know, some days I have better self-esteem. You know, I, I probably had better self-esteem last week than I did this week, but if I look and weigh like my experience with self-esteem, like with the years in the past, it's like slowly but surely getting better. Like it's still a challenge, but like I'm learning how to cope with um, playing a narrative in my mind. That's, that's an accurate one. I think one, one thing that rings true in my mind pretty often, and I've mentioned this before is like reminding myself that because I'm stating a situation in my mind and I'm playing that situation over to your point exactly Hannah is not necessarily reality and it doesn't include all the facts I'm seeing this one thing from one perspective and oftentimes that one perspective has been pulled together by situations that have happened in the past that have really impacted the way that I view myself the self-esteem that I have today so it's like how can I immediately stop that and like like think, okay, what can I unpack here? How can I perceive this? So just like being gentle, I think, honestly, with myself. Yeah. And that's definitely something to be proud of. I think the visual I was getting while you were talking is almost like raising the raising the minimum bar on your self-esteem over the years. It's like you may have felt last week like your self-esteem was better than this week, but this week's bad self-esteem, if the quote bad self-esteem was, you know, 1200 miles up from five years ago or whatever it may be for, for me, for you individually. But I think that's something certainly to be proud of that the minimum bar of what you consider almost poor self-esteem is raising over time. Yeah. As you, is- as you learn to stand up for yourself, because even just being able to take yourself out of a situation where you feel like your self-concept is really called into question and, and you're, you're going into those talk tracks, but being able to take that, practically look at it, and then pull yourself out of it and say, mm-hmm. that's not the only way to look at this. I'm not going to listen to that perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm going to you know, see if there's any credence to it and then let it go. Yeah. It is miles and miles away than what I can speak for myself from what I could have done 
10, you know, even five years ago. So that's really something to be proud of. Dude, thank you. I, I, I am proud of myself. And, you know, I, I think that that is a really cool visual to think about. Like when I look at it on paper, it's like, yeah, I'm, I am raising the bar, raising the bar, you know, and continuing to raise the bar. So yeah, it's like, you know, you think about companies, they grow. It's like first year you make 1 million in revenue. Congratulations if you do that. But you know, you make 1 million in revenue. If the next year you make 800, then that's going to be a bad year. Right. But then what if the next year you make 2 million and then, you know, then it comes back at 295, you're going to be disappointed. But then the next year you make 500, you know, it's just slowly inching forward. And then what you consider quote bad is before you know it way better than you would have ever dreamed. Yeah, exactly. It's It's all about progress, baby. Progress. And it's really hard to, I think, remember sometimes how far we've come. I mean, I'm thinking about when I asked you, do you have like definitions about yourself? I mean, I have these like the script about who I am that I don't think about every day. It's just like what I've thought about myself for forever, mm-hmm. you know, defined by my interactions with people and, you know, all my experiences in my life. You know, I'm, um, I'm a bunch of things like I'm an Enneagram four, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. I'm now I'm ADHD. I know that. So add another one to the list. Like I'm a disappointment to my friends and to my family and like all of these things, but there's also good stuff. But for the most part, like I have definitions of myself, good or bad that I think are true, but honestly, it's all from my gathering of experiences that happened to me from my perspective and are, you know, defined by, like you said, the collection of experiences prior, uh, that it's not necessarily, a bulletproof way to define yourself, but it's interesting to step back and think about like, how do I define myself? And what is my script about who I think I am? If someone says, who are you, Hannah? And like, what are you like? What are you going to say? It's like, okay, I think today, all the things I just listed off are things that I have, have been my script for like 20 years. And I would say today that that's not all that's on my script. I've got good stuff too. And that would have never been something I would have dreamed 10 years ago when I entered that therapy for the first time. And it's something that I wish I stepped back and was more proud of. I mean, not that I haven't been proud of it before. I certainly have noticed the growth and been grateful, but I should really just be really thankful for the growth. I know. It's like to, we don't really get a lot of opportunities to stop and appreciate the growth. And I think that's another thing, too, because we're so in it and we're so in our heads most of the time that it's fun to have conversations like this and be like, wait, actually, I've come really far. Yeah. I mean, I think about like, for instance, not doing well on a test in high school. I would go oh, have gosh. a panic attack in the bathroom. Now, when things are tough at work, it really frustrates me and I have to let it out. But then I I'm typically able to just move on and think about other things. But it's like when I was younger, I couldn't break things apart and disassociate them. Everything Mm -hmm. in my life was connected and it all worked together to define me in whatever way. It's like now what I do at work, it's important and I want to be good at what I do, but it doesn't necessarily define who I am as a wife or as a friend Mm -hmm. because it's, it's separate. And I think it may be easier because in high school or in college, like a lot of our quote work was school and school was with mm-hmm. our friends. So it was harder. I mean, life was really more mixed together, but also I think it's hard to, to learn to separate those things out and create boundaries. And like slowly over time, you learn to create boundaries and those are really helpful for me. Those mental boundaries of, I'm not going to let this mm-hmm. necessarily mess with the other thing, mm-hmm. form it, but I don't want it to mess with it. Uh, wow. that, that has been incredibly helpful for me and, and kind of staving off self-esteem problems over the past couple of years. 
that is an amazing skill. I, I think that's something I, I do still struggle with is just disassociating. I'm getting a little bit better about it, but I really weigh my effort at work and what I'm seeing like at work as a part of like who I am. And now that's not the primary in my life by any means, but it's something that I have to constantly uh, keep myself in check with. I mean, I would say it is a big part of who we are. I mean, we spend so much of our life there, which is why I've talked about like, I want to pursue a dream. And I think if I was doing something that I cared or not cared, that's the wrong thing to say. If I was passionate about, I would probably take Mm -hmm. my uh, feedback and opinions about me in that environment a lot more intensely. And it would be a lot harder for me Mm -hmm. to disassociate, but I- That makes sense. Yeah. And it, it is a big part of who we are and you should care about that. So it's kind of like sticky. There's no right way. I think it's just good to try to evaluate, uh, is my perception at work or is my perception with my friends impacting how I view myself in this other domain that's mm-hmm. really not a part of my friendships? Um, and I, I really didn't even get to practice this until I left working for camp because mm-hmm. that place I worked for uh, the church and and for a camp that I had gone to the school there from first to eighth grade and then was in the the church youth group there through high school and then worked at the camp every summer through college. And so I worked at this, I was basically lived my entire life at one place besides being at college during the school year for 25 years. And so I didn't have any room to practice that except for going to Auburn. That was like a, a fresh start and taught me a, taught me a lot, but it's been nice to kind of separate my identity from my work or my school. And mm-hmm. I never really imagined that because of the workplace that I chose after school. Yeah. And it was great, but it was definitely like a lot, the lines were a lot more blurred. And I think I, I have learned for myself that it's healthier for me to have kind of some separation there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great awareness of how something is impacting me and like getting out of something that you've been a part of for a really long time. And like, I don't know if that's like the right phrasing of it, but stepping outside of something that you've known for so long. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Going out into not the unknown, but saying, okay, this is a different direction than what I've taken. Um, you know, it doesn't have that much weight because because it's crazy like how much weight we give to things that in the grand scheme of things are all going to be just fine to work out. Like it's crazy. It really, I mean, it really, really is. And I mean, what you said is so true. Like I had to basically leap into the great unknown and that was always terrifying for me. But that specific time, I don't think I would have left if it weren't for the circumstances of just the climate of that year and a bunch of other stuff happening in my personal life. But mm-hmm. it was a great place to work. So that wasn't the problem. It was just, I looked up one day and was like, I will never continue to grow if I stay in the same environment forever. And yeah. I've been in it for 25 years. So I need, I need to take, I need to take a step seat. back. And it was terrifying. Uh, and I don't think I quite understood how much impact it would have at the time because that time was kind of a blur. And again, it was during 2020, there was a lot going on and working for a church, it was very complicated. And I just, um, yeah, it, it, there was a lot going on. So I, needed to just dive into it and it's a blur but it's worked out yeah and and it's it's worked out and now you have a new perspective and you have 
um, I think really, I mean, from what it sounds like too, I know obviously we're all work in progress, but a really healthy way to think about, you know, your experience and relationship with the working world. And, um, you know, I think self-esteem, uh, you know, even outside of work and relationships is a big one. And, you know, in, in professional, going back to work in professional relationships, but also in friendships and in sometimes in like social situations that's that's also somewhere where I'm like can really become triggered like oh no did I say something that like upset someone I'd be really in my head about it and then like I asked the person about it or something and they're like what are you even talking about like I didn't remember like what you'd said so it's just like that is also something for me where I like really can very quickly criticize and be very critical of myself in certain moments where I'm like oh shoot actually I'm not good at this I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have said that therefore I shouldn't have confidence in saying certain things to people why did I do that and then I just like beat myself up about it and it's so silly and like before you know it I'm I've derailed you know well, the, the beautiful thing about what you just explained is that the more times that happens to you when you are anxious about something and someone says, I didn't even remember, the more times your script gets starts to get rewritten so that when you're in those moments, you think about it less. Because I, I was thinking about like, I don't feel like I have incredibly high self-esteem in general. I think I still have lower self-esteem than a lot of people that are my age or, uh, you know, people that I know. But I'm, I've, I'm a lot further along than I used to be. And it's because of moments like that where it's like it really didn't end up being as bad as I made it in my mm-hmm. head. It's like, okay, so one person being disappointed in me or not wanting to be my friend or thinking I'm the worst doesn't end my life and it doesn't end the rest of my friendships. And it can be just a teaching moment and then you move forward. Or, you know, with a family member or whatever, there's typically like the scariest things that can happen or the most anxiety inducing things that can happen end up being the reason that we learn some self-esteem or learn to just be like, I am who I am and I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. That, That sentence is really the key, has been the key for me to be more confident and therefore have more self-esteem. It's like accepting, okay, a lot of situations I'm not going to have control over, um, but what I can control, um, and, and it, you know, some days I have, I have less control, but what I can control is how I react to a situation, how I react to a thought that I have in my head or situation or, you know, whatever. And at the end of the day, it's like, I need to give like myself less weight. Like I need to weigh situations less take the weight off your shoulders of you don't need to be perfect. Yep. And I feel that immensely too. I know we relate on that. And I think that's oftentimes why I do have lower self-esteem than I'd like is because I still sometimes hold myself to that standard, but there's been so much freedom and learning. I know I was talking about self-definitions earlier, but really, I mean, I am me. And some of the ways I define myself that are healthier are probably true. And I'm always going to be me. I'm going to try to grow and get better and refine myself, but Mm -hmm. I have always been chasing becoming someone else, this like perfect thing that is unachievable. And Mm -hmm. no wonder I'm not gaining esteem along the way when I'm achieving a a goal that's impossible. So the more I've realized like, yeah, I'm going to be Hannah and that's what it is. And if people around me can't forgive me for things I've done wrong or 
learn my sense of humor when I say dumb things or just schluff it off and say your friendship matters more or being family members matters more or whatever, or just accept me and enjoy me for who I am, then like they can go find their people and that's not a bad thing. It's an okay thing. And it gives you more space in your life for people that have that love to give and who oh, appreciate. So important. Yes. Yeah, the that- opposite side of the coin that I so rarely think about. Yes. This year, I just kind of started thinking about that. I was like, you know what, if there, you know, are, isn't space for like this person in my life um, at this point in time, like there's more room for people who help build my self-esteem up or who are, will support me in my life. And I wish that person the best for them to have people that do the same for them. Gosh, that's so freaking good. It's like, just because somebody, it, it feels like rejection it's mm-hmm. not rejection necessarily, or it might be, but it's okay because those people are also getting rejected by other people. Like we all experience that. And on the other side is freedom of finding people that won't make you feel that way. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like just finding your, your people. And that happens in life so often. It's not, I, I think when I was younger in like high school, it's like, this is my, this is the people, or these are the people in my sphere and it's never going to change. So mm-hmm. their opinions about me define me and their painful either bullying or the way that they make me feel about myself is a is definitive but mm-hmm. it's not because the longer you live and I mean we've only lived almost 30 years but we're going to live hopefully a lot longer the more I think that what you're focusing on Jackie this year will sink in it's like yeah I have already been through stages in the last 10 years of my adulthood so the my 20s where I've realized I have had people ebb and flow or come and go and out of my life. And that same small group leader that I told you told me about self-esteem, she's the same one that said friends of seasons are friends of seasons for a reason. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean you're bad people. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like people. It's, yeah, it's a part of life. And like kind of accepting that and and understanding that through seasons, I think is, is like important. Um, but I had another question for you about self-esteem. I wanted, so how do you react when, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the right way to frame this. Cause like the questions in my mind, it's like, how do I articulate it though? You mean, how do I react when everybody tells me I'm amazing? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. How do you react? How do you handle how that? How did kind I just of, read your mind? Oh my gosh. Oh, well, I'm glad you're reading my mind. Cause that's what I'm thinking. That you're amazing. So when you, like, because there have been instances in my life where I think people have, like, close friends and stuff have come to me and they're like, you know, hey, I'm really struggling with this. That, like, that really impacts their self-esteem, but I, you know, might not, like, have that experience or, hey, I can't, like, relate to that as much. Do you find yourself in those kind of situations, like, being able to very quickly be like, hey, like, I don't get that this is, these are the positive things that I see about you, but does it in that moment, like I'm really going on on a rabbit hole here. Keep going. So do you though, in that moment, think about your, does it minimize your struggles with self-esteem? Cause I think in a lot of cases when I've seen others come at me where they're like, Hey, I'm spiraling on this. I'm like, I hate your spiral spiraling on that. I, I, I do not wish that for you, but then I'm weirdly in the seat of what do I spiral about? Cause that's just what I think about. And then I go, well, that's not really that big of a deal when I'm in like a healthy mindset, when someone's coming to me 
what's your like experience like that that's like uh, Jackie it's one of those moments when I wish I was as good of a person as you <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> Oh my God, no, I mean up. this positive. Don't don't feel bad. This is good. This is healthy. One of the things I don't like about myself is that it, it, I'll say this: it's a double-edged sword. Empathy is my greatest strength, but it also is my greatest weakness because when people come to me with things they're struggling with, oftentimes because I feel a lot of feelings and have felt a lot of feelings my whole life, I can typically find something in my life that I can relate to it on, and have some level of either I get that or that sounds like the worst thing in the world and empathize with them on it. But what it does for me is it usually just makes me like spiral on my own or send me off on my own thing or like get in my feelings about my own stuff. So it's not always, I'm not every time it's not always that way, but I, I have tried to practice not letting those kind of conversations lead to my own spiral, but instead lead to more of a, what you said of like, oh, my stuff isn't as big of a deal. But really, I always think my stuff is a big deal because I'm really conceited like that and like really self-absorbed. And I, I like fully mean that. I'm not asking for people to say that that's not true because I know that that's one of my biggest weaknesses and it's the truth and I try to work on it. But my natural bent is to be like, woe is you, also woe is me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that there are like, I, I, I totally hear you on that. And empathy is a hard, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I feel like I'm like you in most circumstances I can, or I try, I really try to understand where someone's coming from and, and also empathize with them. And not to say that I've never had an experience where I've been like, Hey, actually, what was me? But it is. It has been in the past easy for me to spiral on certain things when I'm talking to them in that moment. But yeah, it's 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 it's. I, I was gonna make another comment and then it just flew out of my head. You're good. You can keep thinking because I I had a thought. I was like, what I was describing earlier. An easier way to say it is that one of the best ways I connect with people mm-hmm. is by listening to them and then sharing. You're not alone with my own story, and that's probably because I feel better when people hear my story and then tell me theirs. It makes me feel less alone. But some people don't want to hear that. And so it can turn into a, oh, Hannah's just talking about herself. And I get that. I totally get it. And I don't, their, their opinions are completely valid, but that gets me into, so it gets me into hot water sometimes that my, my natural way to connect is by saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, I hear you, me too. And Mm -hmm. not me too, because I want to say mine is worse or whatever. Mm -hmm. Me too to say you're not alone, but it just doesn't always get received that way. Yeah, which I think is unfortunate. I think it's a missed opportunity for like a connection there because some, and and I catch myself doing this, right? And sometimes, so I'm putting myself in that person's shoes. And like, if I'm the person that's coming and like, you know, complaining or whatever, saying, hey, this is my, this is a big problem for me. And then, you know, I think it's a really missed opportunity. I used to do this a lot. If somebody's sharing their experience with me, I would go pretty quickly, you know, oh, like, they're not the, like, they're not listening, but I'm, like, oh, this, and I'm, like, sometimes that person on the other side where I'm just, like, wait, but, like, I want to talk about, like, my thing or whatever, but that really, I don't really do that as much anymore, because it's really prevented me from, in that moment in time, it's not always, it's not always easy to listen when someone is also sharing there if I'm heated about something, but when I have listened, it's been really beneficial, because I'm, like, oh, A, I don't feel alone in it, 
but B, this person actually might, the way this situation was handled with them, there might be like a nugget of wisdom there that I would have ordinarily missed out on if I didn't have my listening cap on. Yeah, for sure. And and that's why I'm glad that you're a better person than me in this regard that because that's no 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 just different not better I, no I I mean that like I, mm, I don't. It, well it just in some ways it cuts down to everybody is different because if somebody is going if I'm going to spill my heart out to somebody and they're not going to then give me a bit of vulnerability I cannot connect with them like naturally my personality I just can't like if they receive it and they're just like that's so, I'm so sorry that's so hard how can I help you I'm like, well, that didn't help me. Like, I need you to get into the pit with me and mm-hmm. and address the fact that this is hard and you have some tether to it in some way or you have something else going on that's hard and you make me feel less alone when you share it. So it's really natural for me, like I said, to to do that for other people because mm-hmm. it really sucks for me when other people aren't willing to go there for me. So I think that's probably why I, after listening, dive in that way, but I know that not everybody responds well to that. So Mm -hmm. it's just hard and it's hard to read people and figure out what they need. It is. It is hard being a person and it is hard reading people. And this is kind of unrelated to self-esteem, but I thought it was kind of funny. So I'm just going to bring it up. (laughs) Do it. Um, and but I know we're like in the thick of it, so oh, I don't want to divert the conversation. But one thing that I've noticed about myself and Ned called it out with me the other day is we were meeting with some some new people and or having like a new conversation with somebody. And he was like, you like really after the conversation ended, he was and we walked away. He was like, you really have and I don't realize this about you, Jackie, like uncomfortability with like silence, like with new people which I just thought was really interesting. And I was like, hmm, because like, I feel the need if there's silence with like a new person. Hey, how are you doing? I have to fill that space. Oh, same. With words or I feel extremely uncomfortable, but I'm oftentimes making that other person feel uncomfortable because they would much prefer same. to sit in silence. And I'm just like, oh, ha ha this, ha ha that. And Ned was like, you were all over the place. And I was like, hey, whoops you know, maybe I didn't think about that more, but I was like, oh, I probably like made that person feel uncomfortable. So well, okay, I'm not always thinking about person. others. <laughs> well, no, I think you are because you are acting that way probably because you feel awkward when people don't fill the silence for you. Yeah. Is that true? Oh, for sure. That's why I do, I do the same thing. And when I'm meeting new people, I become this like not a monster. That's not the right word, but like a caricature of myself sometimes mm-hmm. where I'm like overly energetic and making way more jokes than I normally do. And I just like, it's so funny to me sometimes when I think about my interactions with new people. And it's like you can't control it almost. It's like your body is just doing its thing and like you're, you're like, but I don't really, I don't really act like this and I don't really laugh. Nubs like, you use your fake laugh. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Laugh. I get myself into such hot water with this behavior because I am <laughs> naturally pretty shy and I like, yeah, I'm like fun and funny sometimes but like the reality is like I'm pretty (laughs) mellow and chill and need a lot of alone time and so when I act like that with new people they expect that from me for the rest of forever (laughs) and then they get really freaking disappointed on the other side when they're like yeah what I'm like well Well, this is me this is real this is me they're just not putting in the effort then because you're pretty silly well yeah I guess but like it's I can't I can't quite pin exactly what the difference is it's almost (laughs) like I'm trying to impress people 
so much that it's embarrassing. But then some people really dig that energy and they expect it out of me. And those are the people that I'm not long for in a relationship. We're not, we're not mm-hmm. meant to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not going to like the real me. And I'm, I'm going to be like, cool. And you don't I'm like not going to like the real them. <laughs> yeah. I'm be like, you don't like the real me. Well, sorry. I'm, I, you should have caught me five years ago when I was still trying to be that for people post first meeting, but oh, I'm not doing that anymore. No, life's too short, man. Life's too short. But I'm, I'm like you at the beginning. It's like, I'm not really thinking much about, it's like, I'm trying to make the other person feel comfortable, but I care way more about how I'm feeling in that moment. How comfortable can I be? I have to fill this awkward silence. Well, I don't think it's necessarily about you. I think you're thinking they'll feel better if I'm feeling this, like, naturally because you feel better that way they they must feel better that way it's like you almost have to just always the case so natural for us to just think other people think and are made up like we are is that's i mean everybody must deal with i think every human deals with this it's like our Mm -hmm. factory setting is that we are going to act towards others as we want to act towards ourselves a lot of the time when we're trying to make them happy obviously um not just the do unto others as you they would do unto you or whatever um, not that mindset, but really just like when you're trying to make something go positively, you're going to first go to the actions that make you feel positive. Right. Oh, Makes man. sense. I, one of my real downfalls, again, this has nothing to do with self, self-esteem. Get into it. But it is just in this story. It's, it's where we're at right now. One of my biggest like weaknesses is that oftentimes I will like expect for someone to react a certain way because I'm going to react a certain way to a situation. Oh yeah. And like, it doesn't even have to be like the same caliber as me. Like I become very angry about something. I'm totally expecting this person who is also in the situation to be as angry as me. No, 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 no. Would I like them to acknowledge and make me feel like it's okay and affirm me that I should be angry about this. Like I seek that out. And that's like people, some people are like not going to give that. I do that too. You're not alone. Well, (sighs) okay. I think the reason we chase after that, and I would, I would imagine most people chase after that, especially people pleasers like us catch the people pleaser episode. I, I think the reason we chase it is because it makes us feel justified in our feeling. And if somebody else doesn't match it, then we feel like, uh Oh, I am feeling things that are not justifiable and I could be more mature about this and I'm not being more mature about this, which makes me feel really crappy about myself because I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be perfect and mature all the time. And (laughs) if I'm not, then my self-esteem goes pew. Oh my gosh. Yes. That completely just described a situation like the other day where yeah, at work, same. And I'm like, I'm, I'm dealing with the situation I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, hey, I'm a little bit heated about this. Hey, I need this person to acknowledge I'm heated about this. Okay, on the same page. And then, like, oftentimes, like, we are on the same page. But, like, there are certain personalities that are, like, not going to tell you. And you're like, hey, that's, like, not a bad thing. But it's just me keeping myself in check and being like, not everybody's going to have the same reaction as you, Jackie. But it is going back to like, it's my own personal problem. And like, why? And then I get upset myself. Why couldn't I have been more mature about this? And then it's just like, oh, damn it. And then it's just like this like, <laughs> other spiral. And you're like, no, my self-esteem has gone to shit. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I mean, for real though, there's nothing like the dopamine hit of when you and a coworker agree about something and it feels like righteous frustration. And you're like, oh. yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So when it, when that happens and there's a pattern of that in a friendship and a working relationship, whatever, then the second that the script flips, it's like, oh no, wait, you sh- you didn't communicate to me that you were going to all of a sudden get mature about this. And now you make me look dumb. I know. I know. Right. And CC, then it becomes an image thing too, because you're like, Ooh. oh, I have to like make sure everybody thinks that like I can be calm, cool and collected at all times. And smart that's and character. mature and capable and ahead of everybody else and just the best on the whole planet. That's how I feel like I have to be all the time. Right. Me too. Again, people pleaser mentality, perfectionist. No wonder self-esteem has been a problem for me and, and for you is because if the bear, like I, I know I already said this, but if the bar is set so damn high, you're never going to reach it. And of course you're going to feel bad about yourself. Of course. Of course, of course. Yeah, I guess that's my biggest advice to anybody listening is just keep whenever you feel really crappy about yourself and you feel like that you're not you're missing the mark, you're not hitting mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be hitting, you're feeling bad about yourself. Remember that your goal is set way too damn high and it's not practical. Yeah, it's it's not it's not practical and um you know what that's all good because it it's- doesn't have to be. It's all good. And honestly, nobody is hitting the mark that we set for ourselves, Jackie. It's just, it's not humanly right. possible. It's not. And why waste our lives, continue to waste our lives, or Ouch. let ourselves give in to chasing after a ideal mm-hmm. that's not possible. I mean, it's just going to be depressing. It's like that, um, yeah. the, the story, I think it's Greek mythology or Roman mythology of like pushing the boulder up the hill and never being able to reach the top. Just <sighs> what's the point? back problems yeah seriously sheesh would you say that your um carry out or your takeaway yeah I would say I I think so I think two things that and then also just reminding yourself that the 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 so the high bar is too high most Mm -hmm. of the time and you need to right size that and the low bar has been slowly rising as you've been growing and you should be proud of that out there but if it does sink back a little bit give yourself some grace but always notice that like you're probably never going to return fully to that place that you started as a teenager Mm -hmm. when we don't have any tools for self-conceptualization so be proud of yourself for that bar rising Ooh, yes bring the top bar down and the lower one is just steadily gonna meet it oh yes see this is why and then I think so I echo that same sentiment but I would say that what I would tack on, that would be my carry away, carry away, carry out. Oh my gosh. Take away, carry out. I just combine the two of them. Um, is like to surround yourself with people who are going to remind you of that. That's like the cherry on top for today. Absolutely. I love that. And even I, you just had me think about the fact that I got really comfortable in college and I apologize to my friends for this because I did it too much. But when you have good people around you mm-hmm. and you're feeling really bad about yourself, sometimes it's okay to reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm having a bad day. Can you just tell me a couple of things you like about me? <laughs> and like, Seriously, dude. I used to do that a lot, but it helped. And I don't use it as much now because I just like know the people in my life love me, but it's a great resource if you ever need it. That's a good one, dude. Oof. I'm going to use that next time I'm feeling. So, yeah, I mean, it's really hard for us to pinpoint or nail the things that are good about ourselves. And also we only see from our own perspective. So we rarely, if people aren't actively telling us, we rarely hear their positive feedback because we just know they love us, but it's just just such a sham. 
yeah, getting specific about it is helpful sometimes. And it's not that friends or even me to my friends, it's not that I don't think the positive things about them. It's just, it's not always the right time to say it or you just don't think about it, but mm-hmm. never feel afraid to ask. Never feel afraid to ask. Like for instance, Jackie is a really good listener and I really like that about her. <gasps> Thank you. I really like that about you because you're a good listener too. You are. I mean, you, you are. You're just shrugged her shoulder. You are. <laughs> you are. I appreciate the compliment, and I and I appreciate that you are. You do like such an incredible job of like, I think lifting me up at moments that I didn't know I needed it. So shout out to you, lady. Ditto, gal. You make me take life less seriously. And Dude, I remember reading about. Was it INFJs and ISFJ? No, wait, you're it's an ENFJ. INFJs and ENFJs when they get together. Yeah. It was that. There was a line. So when I was going through career counseling, I took all of these tests, one of which was a super in-depth Myers-Briggs, and I am like a hardcore INFJ. And Jackie's an ENFJ. And there was one line on my handout that my career counselor gave me <laughs> about INFJs. It literally said, I'll have, we'll have to post it in the post, but it said something. INFJs are usually guarded and quiet and, you know, whatever, moody and take the world too seriously. Unless they're in the presence of an ENFJ, they become whimsical and light. <laughs> like, whimsical. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me and Jackie to a T. Like, <laughs> like literally, like that. that is us to a T, which is super incredible. I think it's got to be that like we get the three other letters about each other. Like there's so much in common and then mm-hmm. there's safety in that. And then it's like, oh, I can just let loose because you get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same, 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 same. We're going to post that. Yes. I'll be great. And, uh, I think I sent a picture to you and Kat a while back. You did. So I'll have to find it. I also have it, the, the document somewhere. In we my do house. have a lot of whimsical fun, a lot of whimsical conversations. So many whimsical. You guys, the Disney countdown clock is under a month. So we're going to have some real whimsy. We should post on the Goodish People podcast, like video, like vlogs while we're there. Okay. So this is how bad my roller coaster anxiety is. Like, I don't know. So I just got got onto some new medicine and I haven't been on it. I haven't been on it yet for a full month, but like it's possible it gives you anxiety. And I was like, oh no. I've just been really stressed out recently just in general like just stressful things have been kind of happening and it's all good like it'll be cool but um I am like super like nervous about the roller coasters like when I think about it I get like like I start sweating and my heart rate goes like up but I'm like also looking forward to doing that like with you guys like to conquering my fear with friends yeah I'm excited I feel like you should just tell your brain, much like we talked about with like the negative self-esteem talk, just mm-hmm. like push it out when you think about roller coasters. Don't think about it too much. Yeah. Or, or do like whatever you need to do. But once you, with everything else going on in your life right now that is so stressful and out of your hands, mm-hmm. that'll be one thing you can actually take into your hands and do that you're going to be so proud of. Oh, you're right. That's something that's tangible. And it'll probably give you some like real, like truly some nice like adrenaline and confidence that whatever life is going to throw at you with the rest of the stressful things going on, you're bigger than the fear and you can overcome it. Oh, yes. I can do it. It's okay anything. if you don't feel that way until the second you get off the ride because like that's un- that's just unrealistic. But I do know <laughs> that you're going to feel like that when you get off of it because oh, I, I saw you it. the first time. Oh, <laughs> I will be flying. Ned's going to be very surprised. He's going to be so happy. 
I'm I'm very I've excited. I've been trying to get you on a roller coaster, and I've had to tell her not to put you on a Six Flags roller coaster. I know. Thank you for that. You're Thank welcome. you. It would have been a bad decision. I think so too. They're a little rickety, rickety. They're fine. Like they're really not that bad, but they would not be the right choice after Hagrid's. Okay. Not so, as smooth. So Disney is very, the, all those rides are extremely smooth and you're gonna have a great time, but it's okay if you're scared. Like if you're oh, scared, I'm gonna be scared. This until the second you get off the ride, <laughs> I would say the one that I'm most scared of right now would have to be Tower of Terror. You know, I've told you that I get that. The only rides that still make me anxious are drop rides, although Tower of Terror <laughs> does not because I've done a bunch at this point and it is like far and away the the least scary. So, but as a kid, roller coasters never gave me anxiety and Tower of Terror did. So I totally get that. Okay. I'm just like hoping to get it done with early in the day. Yeah. We're going, we're going to MG, or MGM. We're going to oh. Hollywood Studios. Is that what they call it? I think first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going in the morning before Epcot. So we'll, we'll we're gonna get those lightning lanes. So we have a reservation and then we're going to knock out rock and roller coaster and tower terror right away. That would be great. And then you're going to be on a freaking high. I think so. I think if I can do both of those right away, rip the bandaid off. I think so too. You won't have to be as anxious. Exactly. Or distracted with anxiety. That's the worst feeling. Yeah. I wonder if I should like take some CBD before I get on or I was thinking about that you know my mom I was talking to my mom about it I'm like we're going to Disney she's like is Jackie gonna do roller coasters and she listened to it <laughs> Allison, of course park. I am of course <laughs> my mom who's like a roller coaster fiend my whole family really but she was so invested in your story and <laughs> she's very excited what about overcoming generational fears but she was like is Jackie gonna do it and she was like okay I happen to know that there's a bar outside of blah 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 ride and she she was like, you should go and take a shot. I was like, mom, she probably shouldn't be putting alcohol in your system. Honestly, she gets sick, but we could do it. I'll do it. I I am going to do that. Thank you. Thank you for that tip. Yeah. She she was like, there's a bar right outside of blah, blah, blah. I can't remember which ride it was, but she was like, she, just go there, take a shot with her, oh and then make gosh. sure you don't have a long line to wait in. And then oh, she's going to be fine. the best. Yes. I'm going to do that. Thank you for that advice. If you're listening right now, I'm going to take a shot before I take, before I get on Hollywood tower of terror hollywood studios tower of terror and rock and roller coaster yeah you are and honestly when we wake up to make those lightning lane reservations we could also maybe 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 put some whiskey in our coffee i 100 percent need it if i'm gonna like be facing my fear that early in the morning <laughs> you can do it you can do it I, yeah. I most recently felt not as afraid as you feel but very afraid of that that um water slide at white water where oh, you get in the container and then the, the floor gosh. drops out and you go straight down but I my only my only tip is just to look at all the kids around you in line and be like oh my gosh if I can't do something a 10 year old can do you're right. That actually helps put me in my place. Like when we were in the Hagrid ride and we were waiting and we were waiting for two hours for this ride. Way too long. But honestly, like I was looking around and I was like, no, nah, I'm doing this ride. Like I can do it. Like I know I can. And you did. And that's exactly how I felt at the water slide. I almost, I like wanted to bail in my soul because I was terrified. I'm terrified of drop rides. <laughs> and I really, really, really wanted to bail. And I had a 10 year old in front of in front of our group and I was like she went and she was so excited it's like oh my gosh <laughs> is it like a huge stomach drop when you when you do the water slide like that 
or not really? Honestly, it was way less than I anticipated. It was so fast. I like barely even like remember it happening. It was such a fast How ride. How fast do you think you were going miles per hour? I don't know, but it was really quick. So I was maybe only on the slide for like five seconds. Whoa. And it wasn't, it looks straight down from the ground, but once you are on it, it's, it's very, what's angled. it called? I'm like, I want to do like this right now. Oh man. I can't remember out. the name of it. Maybe the intimidator or something like that, or okay. that might have been its old name. Oh, it's called the cliffhanger. I think the cliffhanger. Or it maybe used to be called that. I don't really know. I don't remember going to water or going to white water as a kid. I remember right. going to like Lanier Islands, which there was a straight down ride there that oh. also scared me, but this one was way worse. Ooh. How fast does the cliffhanger go? No, there's no way. Okay, that's like what a different ride. Some idiot online was, was like, like a million miles per hour. It was like 60 miles per hour. And I was like, there's no way in hell you were going 60 miles per hour <laughs> down this water You probably slide. disintegrate. Like just Actually, like morph into the universe. Wait. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. I was like, wait, no way. Is that it? Okay, I'm going to. Whatever mile per hour it is, you're only moving that quickly for a portion of it because it's on a slope. So as you, as the grade of the slope decreases, you are also slowing down. So by the time you reach the base, you're really not going too, too fast. It really wasn't that bad. The Python plunge. Was that it? Maybe. Is it orange or tan? It was tan before it was orange. Oh my gosh, I am just, I'm just really in this. Well, what I can say is I was equally as scared when I was like, I think I went on Tower of Terror probably for the first time when I was like 10 or so. And oh, I, I was, I was equally, yeah, I was equally as scared as I was for this water slide. I mean, I'm still me. I was just, I'm just a bigger me, but I was just as afraid. And Tower of Terror is really, really not really, really like truly, I drop rides scare me and every time I've gone in it since I don't even get a pit in my stomach because it wasn't that bad every other drop ride like acrophobia I still like want to bounce every time I get in the, the seat so you're gonna yeah. it's gonna be okay but also it's okay if you don't feel okay until it's over oh my god can't wait to vlog this for you guys and honestly the reactions after she gets off the ride is gonna be it's gonna be the best part give us a follow at good people pod on Instagram. We we're gonna straight up like have to take some hardcore videos of and me. maybe create our first TikToks. <gasps> I think we have to. I think we're at the point now. Like we have enough content. Eleven episodes, you guys. This is our eleventh. <sighs> Y'all. Oh my gosh. Check us out. Yeah, we're just we're just out here and, and we do need to make some content while we're there and make more content for you guys in the future. Yes. We're, we're really kind of finding our bearings. Well, <laughs> now that we've done our carryouts and now that we've talked about Disney too much, um, what up, what up? I did make a uh, an Instagram group with me and Jackie to share posts on Instagram that are helpful tips about Disney, and I titled it Disney Adult-ish, <laughs> or but cool. No, I said Disney. All right. Now that we've talked about Disney all together too much, <laughs> it's just like way too much, although I will say. We, um, I did create an Instagram group and I was debating sharing this, but I'm going to with me and Jackie to share Instagram posts that are helpful about Disney. And I, I titled it Disney adult, but in parentheses, it said, but cool ish, because I mean, we're just, we're cool, but we're really, we're not, we can't claim it in full. So no, we can't ish, ish through and through you guys. And please Woo. Adults don't let us be Disney adults. Oh my God. No, that's not our vibe. No. Well, yeah, we love it, but like, you know, tampered down. Okay, well, I'll say, you guys, wherever you listen, 
all that to say, all that to say, all that to say, it's our favorite saying. Uh, wherever you listen, please rate, like, subscribe, share with your friends. If you have friends who think you think might benefit from this conversation, share it. If you have friends who think that that would be funny, please share it. If you have friends that would hate us but will still listen, please share it. We would love that. Tell us what you think. Yeah, send your thoughts and feedback, and please send any recommendations you have for topics for us to discuss. We want you guys to give us some feedback. So you can hit us up at, yeah, please, 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 at goodishpeoplepod on Instagram or goodishpeople at gmail.com. We love you, goodish people. Love you, goodish people. Have the best week ever or just a week. (laughs) 